Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Julie Murphy, Vice President of Marketing at Commercial Credit Group. Julie, great to have you on the show. Glad to be here. So say a few words about Commercial Credit Group. Commercial Credit Group is an equipment financing company. We specialize in financing for construction, transportation, waste, and manufacturing. So all of the financing we do, we fi- basically we finance revenue generating assets in those industries. We deal mostly with small to medium sized privately held companies. And for us during the pandemic, all of us, our industry and the ones we serve, we're all essential industries. So it was imperative that mm-hmm. we we kept the ball moving, so to speak, during the pandemic. So you guys have been hard at work. No, no stopping, no pausing, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at the beginning, there was obviously a bit of a slowdown when things ground almost to a halt and nobody really had any idea what was going to happen, obviously. But the trucking company still had to be moving groceries and toilet paper and things like that through the logistics channels. So there was a little bit of a roller coaster ride, obviously, for a little while. Yeah. So now before we get into the main interview here, as we ask every guest, what's a fun fact about you that people wouldn't get just from glancing at your LinkedIn profile? If you look hard at my LinkedIn profile, you can see this. But if you just glance at it, you probably won't notice. I actually played roller derby for five years. Oh. Um, I just retired a couple of years ago, coached for a little bit. But yeah, I played uh, roller derby, quad skates, oh. people hitting people. It was a fantastic time. I really wish I had discovered roller derby when I was in my 20s and not when I was in my 50s. <laughs> I can imagine. That's a rough sport. It can be. Yeah. But it's also a lot of fun. It's a really a great group of people internationally who just really want to have fun and play a really great sport. There's a lot of camaraderie yeah. Um, yeah. in the sport, even amongst rival teams. Oh, that is so cool. So what's your roller derby name? Crashberry Jam. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I reached out to you after watching a video that you'd posted on LinkedIn about what your company had learned in 2020 about equipment financing and and the industries you serve and just the trials and tribulations of doing business during a pandemic. And that got me thinking about the lessons that I'm sure you and your team have learned about marketing and audience engagement during a pandemic. So that's what I want to talk about. And let's start with your audience. So we have a couple of main audiences. Our first one really is the end users. So the the owners of these companies, the transportation, construction, manufacturing, waste companies. And again, they're small to medium-sized businesses privately held. A lot of our challenge, even before the pandemic, comes in the fact that the people who are making a lot of the financial decisions, they're not only working on their business, they're working in their business. So some of these guys are, they're dispatching trucks on the logistics side. They, they might work in the office for a couple of hours in the morning, but then they may be out running the excavator and actually grading a piece of property. So it can be very difficult to get, to get a hold of them because they do wear a lot of hats. And a lot of times with our president, he says, first off, we're not a bank. So we don't, 
our cost of funds is a little bit higher than a bank. So our interest rates tend to be a little bit higher. And a lot of companies come to us when they've had some issues in the past. And our, our president says it, it's not if you're going to have some type of a financial issue when you're running a small to medium-sized business. It's just a matter of when. And a lot of companies had issues this, this go-round. You already mentioned that one of the challenges in engaging this audience is that they're really, really busy doing different things. Would you say that's the main challenge or are there other challenges as well? That is definitely one of one of the challenges. Another challenge that we have, and I, this is not just for us, I think this is anybody in our industry, unlike when you go buy a home and one of the first things you do is you talk to a mortgage person to determine how much can I afford and what my, my payment might be. It seems like a lot of folks in our industry, they they say, oh, I need this piece of equipment. And they go out and they find the piece of equipment. And then they all of a sudden go, oh, crap, now I got to figure out how I'm going to pay for this. So our challenge, one of the challenges for us is to be in the right place at the right time. You know, when when they're in that frame of mind and they're actually shopping. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of companies, no matter what industry, because it's so hard to identify. Because you can talk to somebody Today, a salesperson could talk to somebody today and they say, I have no plans to buy any equipment in the near future. And the next day they get a call from somebody and all of a sudden they've got a big job and they don't have enough equipment to to handle that job. So now they're in the market. It could turn on a dime that quickly. It doesn't always, but it is one of the things that we kind of face. So you hope that when they get to that, you're you're in that top of mind space. Oh, that's a, that's a significant challenge. What's your guys' strategy for being in that top of mind space? Uh, we've spent a lot of time in the past couple of years working on content so that when people are searching um, for something that they're likely to find us. And one of the things we have found is... For example, like keyword research. There's there are not a lot of searches for equipment financing or construction equipment financing compared to a lot of especially B2C companies, B2C businesses. But what we have found from a content standpoint is that there's some content we have created yeah. that is not so directly related specific to equipment financing, but has an ancillary touch. So we've spent some time working with some of our strategic partners, Delvel being information around taxes. In 2018, there was, you know, some huge sweeping tax changes with the PPP programs and that this year there's been, there's definitely been some things that folks need to consider. So I think that's one of the things that one of the ways we're trying to help overcome those challenges and developing that content also gives our salespeople some nice tools to use when they're having a conversation with somebody that, you know, the the company might not be ready to buy a piece of equipment right now, but could be talking about how they have some issues with taxes right now. And so that gives the salesperson something to give them. So you guys have invested quite a bit, it sounds like, in content marketing and put a lot of thought into the strategy behind that. Do you gravitate toward particular channels that you find most effective for your audience? Uh, We use our blog rather effectively. We don't publish a lot. We publish a minimum of one time a month, which in the blogosphere is really not that much. For us, it really comes down to appropriate subject and subject matter experts where we can 
develop content that we feel is good and relevant and is not just me too. We could post every week, but I don't believe that just with the small team we have that relevance and trying to think of another word, effectiveness would, I I think our relevance and our effectiveness would be compromised if we tried to push too much more. Yeah, got it. Because you don't just want to push out just content for its own sake. It has to be good content. It has to be good content. And if it's the exact same content, they can find someplace else. That's one of the challenges. I, I Content mm. marketing has become so huge, <laughs> I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, that you can find content. It's just, it's ridiculous how much there is available. So it puts pressure on a marketing team. Like we just have to keep putting out more stuff, right? Like our last post was a month ago. But on the other hand, if it's not good, if it's clearly just, eh, I've read the same thing eight times, then what's the point? What's the point of putting it out? So let's talk about looking back at 2020. And as we're still in the pandemic, how, if at all, did you find that you were adapting your messaging and your engagement strategies? For us, especially in the beginning, it was really about being a resource, Um, being a financial services company, we're obviously a huge resource to companies and nobody really knew exactly what was going to happen or when they might need us. I think one of the best examples we did, we actually did a, we added some additional direct mail to our program. Unlike what we see in a lot of companies, if you were going to send direct mail to probably attorneys and people at the big banks, it would never get there because all those people were working from home. Again, serving um, essential industries, a lot of our customers were still working from the office or because they're small, again, small family-run businesses, even if they were working from home, they were still going to the office to get their mail. So it was a way Mm -hmm. to additionally connect with them. How effective has it been? It's been pretty effective. And again, sometimes it's a little bit difficult. We used pearls and things like that, personalized URLs to Mm -hmm. help drive people to the website. And again, for us, it was really just about letting them know that we could be a resource for for various, various types of financing. What's an example of a marketing campaign or an audience engagement strategy that's been particularly effective so far during the pandemic? You just described one method. Can you give us another example of something that you found that especially during the pandemic has been like, ah, yes, this was a good strategy? When the first PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Program, was initially launched. There was just a lot, there was a lot of confusion around what that meant and how did you get it. And we spent some time gathering some of those resources, and we actually had we we put a PPP resource or a COVID nineteen resource section on our website. And we are not an SBA a lender, so we couldn't do any of the, we couldn't provide any of the money for PPP. That wasn't us. We couldn't do that. But so many folks already come to us for monetary information, financial information, that we felt it was a really strong fit for us to at least help them kind of help clarify and you know provide them where do I go to get my forms and what are my due dates and things like that. So we did that and we sent the information out 
you know, via email to our customers and our prospects. And it actually was probably from an engagement standpoint, our highest engagement rate in terms of email opens and click to open rates. And we just had a spike of visits to the website at that point. And it was really, it was really just driving that resource, which for us was brand awareness. Again, mm-hmm. we didn't make any money off of it. We didn't finance any of those PPP loads or anything like that. It was just really providing, helping them provide a service. Okay. So you became a valuable source of information. Yes. And there's a lot of value in that, right? That's at the heart of content marketing, right? It makes total sense that you did that and that you focused on that particular content. Was that based on customers telling you, we can you help us with this? Or was it more like you intuited that people are probably going to be interested in this or some combination of both maybe? Yeah, we, it was really more intuited, I guess you could say our, our president, we had these meetings about, okay, how can we better serve our customers? We knew that there would be requests for extensions and those we could, those we could manage extensions on existing loans, those we could manage internally, but where else could we provide, provide assistance and I give credit to the corner office because that was really his idea and we just made it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a good insight. Some of that comes with experience. Yeah. Knowing your audience, knowing your customers. Absolutely. So what would you say is the the single most important lesson that you learned as VP of marketing from the upheavals of 2020? That's a just a fantastic question. For us, I really think it's focusing on that resource. And we've spent a lot of time helping to educate our internal folks, our internal subject matter experts that we go to when we're writing even case studies or blog posts or developing checklists and things like that is everything doesn't have to be a hard sell. And helping the other people in our organization understand that has been really helpful in getting them to bring additional ideas and thoughts to us. Hey, how about if we did this? Or one of my customers asked for this and we don't have it. Can we develop Mm. that? So that in and of itself has been very helpful. Those are the kind of things that when you're doing them, of course, why haven't we been doing this all along? Exactly. So final thoughts, Julie, we just like to... um, leave our listeners with an actionable insight. So based on your career in marketing, what's something that our listeners could begin doing, even something simple, just a a small step towards improving their audience engagement? We have found two things, probably three, that have helped us. And and we've been working a lot this year to try try and figure out how, where we can improve engagement, not it's hard to just throw a blanket over it and say this. So we pick out, like we've picked out one thing. So say our click to open rate. And we have found that personalization has helped. Just even in a simple Mm -hmm. email using somebody's first name or company name, that has helped targeting Mm -hmm. to a point, sometimes with micro-targeting, depending on the message. Like we we do email newsletters for our various various industries. Obviously, we split them up by industry. But we have improved engagement rates, open rates, and click-to-open rates by sub-segmenting those even a little bit further. 
Mm-hmm. So by audience mm-hmm. type, whether it be mm-hmm. the end user versus our dealer network, or in some cases it might be industry, like sub-industry specific. For example, we will finance snow removal equipment. If I'm doing, if I'm featuring snow removal equipment, I'm not including most of the Southern tier. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's one way. And it, it, yes, it does it does create more work on our end because now we have to do additional mm-hmm. content and you have to segment your right. list and um, trying to get the salespeople to help us segment their list. That's always been a challenge as if we can show better engagement to the salespeople, this is why we want you to help us do this. They get a little bit more on board with it. Yeah, great insight. Audience segmentation, the, that personalization, I, it r- really is key. Because what we were talking about before with content marketing, there's so much of it, so so much content clamoring for people's attention. The more specifically, you can talk about stuff that your specific audience is really interested in. You're just going to do better. Yeah, absolutely. Julie, thank you so much for a great conversation. It was fun. I appreciate you having me. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.